On today's episode of The Breakaway, presented by U.S. Bank, we have UC Davis Health Dr. Rick Bold, who's talking to us about breast health awareness here in the month of October, plus a quick recap of Wednesday's match and loss against Oakland on the road. Uh, We take a look at playoff chances heading into Saturday's match and the rest of the season. That's all coming up on today's episode of The Breakaway. But first... This financial timeout is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Today we're talking about financial scams. Ugh, all over the place these days. From charity scams to telemarketing scams to healthcare scams, they come in all kinds of terrible packages and often targets older adults. That's because some older adults can be more vulnerable and scammers have learned to use that to their advantage. But they're not only the victims, even the most tech-savvy are sometimes targets. Students in need of money, for example, can also be targeted. Keep listening to how to protect yourself from fraudsters with tips from U.S. Bank, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. At Oak Grove Charter School, our students chase their dreams. Student advance at their own pace. EGCS offers flexible schedules, small class sizes, and accelerated learning in a fully accredited learning environment. We help students balance their academic goals while pursuing their passions in club sports, performing arts, entrepreneurship, and much, much more. Elk Grove Charter School is now enrolling. Learn more by going to egcs.egusd.net or give us a call at 916-714-1653. We're confident our students will astound you. All right, let's do it. Welcome to The Breakaway, a Sacramento Republic podcast. Bandit in the box! Unbelievable strike! My goodness, what a defensive play! Half the crowd can't even believe it! All right, after a tough match, tough loss against Oakland on Wednesday, it it's the uh, kind of the same stuff. I feel like a broken record a little bit, but the inconsistencies that we've seen from the Sacramento Republic has been their downfall this year. They're, uh, I mean, not having Luis Felipe in this match really, really hurt them defensively, um, but also in the attack. And I think he's been really, really good going forward as well. One of the reasons why he was team of the week last week. Um, and obviously he'll miss Saturday as well uh, for having too many yellows. So that was a big hurt. Um, and you can just tell Sacramento was missing uh, a guy like him in the midfield. Um, they kind of went with a different formation, more of a 4-4-2 than we've seen, than more of a 4-5-1. But they had chances, but the inconsistency in front of goal has been has been the issue, and it was uh, for this match as well. Thought there were a lot of chances created. They actually took more shots than Oakland, um, but the shots on target, while they did have six and Oakland only had three, it uh, you know it's it was their inability to find uh, find the net and the finishing that we've seen really for a while here uh, has been has been the problem. And we saw it. What's weird is. And we say inconsistencies, but if you look at this match compared to Saturday's match at home, it felt like two different teams coming off probably the most complete performance of the year. The team was riding high, feeling good. Um, and then this match, it, it kind of reverted back to some of the things we've seen earlier in the year from Sacramento. So if you start looking at the playoffs, that Wednesday match and loss to Oakland really hurts their chances um, of getting in you know, and, and, and being in the driver's seat for that four spot. Because uh, now that's where Oakland is at. Uh, but a lot of chances, a lot of time left. Five matches to go, and Sacramento's going to need some help. I mean, it's that's just pretty standard. Uh, Los Angeles, who's above him, plays Vegas tonight, um, a 7 p.m. kickoff. Um, and then for you know L.A., who won three of four, one of them obviously against Sacramento, they will be playing the Republic next Wednesday. So they play 
Vegas tonight, and then Sacramento next Wednesday. And then they play El Paso and Charleston, who are two good teams. And we saw El Paso earlier this year. So those are not easy feats at all. So Oakland right now, obviously, as we say this, is in the driver's seat a little bit. But who do they play, right? They don't have any more matches with Sacramento, and that's where Sacramento, why Wednesday was so important, is getting getting a win, getting three points in that situation, obviously puts Sacramento in a great spot. Um, And now Oakland with four matches, five matches to go, excuse me. They play Phoenix, they play Orange County, Tacoma, San Diego, and then Kansas City. So we'll see here. Basically, it looks like Sacramento, if they have an opportunity here to get into the playoffs, they, they are going to need some help. And we don't know with Phoenix clinching, right? Who is Phoenix going to put out against Oakland this weekend? I don't know. We're not sure. And uh, we won't really know. So how Phoenix really plays these last few matches, despite clinching and being up by a lot, they're probably still going for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, but they're quite a ways up on El Paso with 59. They're seven points up. Um and uh, other than Tampa Bay, who's in the Eastern, they have 61. I'm not sure that they really care a whole lot about getting points the rest of the way, um, specifically in certain situations. Um, so we'll see what Oakland does against Phoenix this weekend. That's the match to keep your eye on, other than Sacramento's against San Diego. Um, but a lot of matches coming fast here in these last few weeks. Sacramento is going to play four matches in basically 15 days, 16 days. Um, two matches a week for the last two weeks, and that's going into next week. So it's a, it's an important important Saturday match against San Diego, a team that Sacramento struggled against really since they've come into existence. And San Diego's been playing pretty well. They've won three of their last five. They've only lost one of their last five. Um, and they beat up on L.A. 3-0 back on October 2nd. Um, their only loss coming to actually Oakland on September 22nd. Before that, they had been playing really, really well. Um, so that's going to be a tough team for Sacramento to take down. But if the Republican play as they did on last Saturday, they have a good opportunity to come away with points, uh, specifically three, if they can get the attack going and getting guys to feel confident in that final third and score and find the net because the, the inconsistencies and in the finishing, that has been the main difference in when Sacramento plays good and does not play well or does not pick up results because we've seen them play well and control matches like they did against San Antonio. You could argue they did the same thing against LA Galaxy a few weekends a few weeks ago, but the inability to score goals, that's been the issue. Um, and the inconsistencies in that attack has been probably the biggest question mark going game to game. For Sacramento, let's look at their final stretch here with five games to go. They're at 32 points. Oakland is in command of the fourth and final playoff spot at 34 points. They play San Diego Saturday. Next Wednesday, they play L.A. and then Tacoma. They play Phoenix on October 23rd. Again, who will Phoenix roll out for that match? I'm not sure. Then they'll play San Diego again on October 30th. And again, who will San Diego play in that match? They'll probably be locked into the second spot at that point. Um, Will they care where they end up? I'm sure they will because they're fighting with San Antonio FC and Colorado Springs switchbacks who are each at 44 points, San Diego at 43 fighting for the you know one of the top seeds um, as you advance into playoffs. So that's that's obviously uh, pretty important. Who does Sacramento... I mean, if you look at the matches they need to win, it's, it's not about getting points in specific matches, but you have to beat LA. You need to beat Tacoma. And then in these other two matches, you really need to win three out of five and probably win four out of five um, or, get some, or get a lot of help. Win three out of five, you could probably draw the other two... I, a loss, 
throughout the rest of this stretch is going to really hurt them. Um, but if they do get some help, which is very possible, let's say theoretically, L.A. loses tonight against Vegas and Oakland loses to Phoenix and Sacramento wins against San, San Diego, then Sacramento leapfrogs Oakland. They're at 35. They're in the four spot. So really, not that inconceivable. Then you have that Wednesday match, which becomes huge. They play LA Galaxy. If they w- beat them, then they jump up even more. Um, but if you know, they basically, I think the the team you're worried about is Oakland because you can't control your own destiny with them down the stretch. You can do that a little bit with LA next Wednesday. Tacoma, who's obviously still in it with 30 points, they've just had such a bad stretch here. Um, I just I don't know if they can turn it around quickly enough to get into that final spot. Um, but but we'll see, and obviously Sacramento plays them uh, next Sunday at home. Um, but like I said, they've lost five straight. They've really been struggling. And uh, But the big question marks this weekend, obviously Sacramento needs to take care of business on the road. And then if Oakland and LA Galaxy lose and Sacramento wins, they'll be in a great spot. So a lot of things happening down the stretch of the USL Championship season in the Pacific. There's still a lot of time left, a lot of things to happen. Um, and despite a disappointing performance uh, on Wednesday, the Republic not out just yet, even though you know you would obviously want them to get that win against Oakland. Still a lot of time left, um, and so we'll see what happens here down the stretch. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Dr. Rich Bold. Hey, Breakaway fans. Shout out to our friends at Suncrest Bank, who not only believe that local matters, they prove it with their support of Sac Republic. When you think about the struggles we've endured over the past year and a half, it's good to know that Suncrest Business Recovery Center is at the backs of local businesses the entire time with PPP, SBA, and agribusiness loans. They're here for the long haul, ensuring our community not only survives, but thrives. Suncrest Bank is where Central Valley turns for personal and business banking needs. Visit any one of their seven locations or online at suncrestbank.com. You can also call them at 916-830-3560 and speak to a Suncrest business account representative today. It's 916-830-3560. And hey, give us an assist. Tell them Connor Sutton sent you. Go Republic. Go Suncrest Bank. The bank where local matters. An equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Good to have our guest on today from UC Davis Health. He helps and works with um, breast health awareness and treating breast cancer. Dr. Rick Bold, uh, Dr. Bold, thank you so much for taking the time today. How are you? And you have the pink tie on. I'm jealous. I didn't think of it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, we're recording this before, you know, breast health awareness month, which is obviously October, uh, breast cancer awareness, but, um, we're doing this in advance. So we have this ready to go. Um, I'm excited to have you on. I know you're doing some things later today a little bit uh, more officially on camera. Not that this isn't officially, but you know what I mean. Um, but I wanted to ask you some questions. I, I had some some good stuff where that we can, you know, get our audience and let them know a few things that maybe they don't already know about breast cancer and breast health. Um, you know, some of the first things I have is, what are some of the statistics for, for breast cancer and breast health that are shocking or maybe positive um, about survival? What are some of the things that have changed? Um, I'll have you just start with that. Sure. So um, I I think that set the good framework in terms of shocking, but also some real glimmers of hope. So um, right now, um, 2021, um, there's going to be slightly less than 300,000 American women diagnosed with breast cancer this year. Um, And it's been um, a steady increase. So over the last 20 years, we've seen a 25% increase in the incidence of breast cancer. 
So it is really, you know, a, a very common issue. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their life. And breast wow. cancer is the leading cause of death for women between the ages of 40 and 80. So it's a really big issue. But some glimmers of hope. In the last 20 years, we've seen a 30% decrease in the chance of dying. So although we are seeing cancers more frequently, we're more able to successfully treat them, give uh, women a better chance of being cured. Uh, so it, it's, it's the most common malignancy or cancer that women are going to um, develop in those years. Um, lung cancer um, is battling with it in, in terms of um, the likelihood of women developing cancer. Um, but the hard part is we don't know what causes breast cancer. We have things that we know contribute to the likelihood, but we don't know the cause. In contrast to lung cancer, we know smoking causes lung cancer, so that's easy. Stop smoking, your risk goes down. We don't have that same link in breast cancer. I think that that's part of that uh, continuing increase in incidence that we just really don't understand what causes it. Do you know, I mean, you obviously know this, are there some signs that people can look out for? I mean, one in eight women is a, is a shocking, shocking number. I didn't know that, that it was that um, often. But are there any signs that women can look for and possibly uh, maybe even I, I know during COVID, you know, less people are going to the doctors because they're assuming that they're overwhelming the system. Are there any things to look out for for women? Yeah, so um, our goal in breast cancer management is early detection, early treatment. So early detection, you kind of hit the nail on the head, uh, which is our screening strategies. These are mammograms. So finding breast cancer, even before it has become apparent where a woman or, or a healthcare practitioner can identify it on exam, that's really our gold standard for early detection. So I'd say that the best chance for breast cancer management is even before symptoms development develop. But those symptoms that a woman's going to look for, you know, we recommend uh, monthly self-examination. So any lump that is new, uh, any lump that seems to be changing or growing, uh, any change in the breast at all, the way it feels, it may be the size, it may be the shape, it may be appearance of the skin in which there may be some redness, it may be breast pain. And even breast cancer can sometimes present as bloody nipple discharge. So we're looking for anything that's new and just different uh, from the um, normal texture, normal feel of a woman's breast. But even with that, um, we're, we're still not perfect. Uh, so that's where we rely on yearly examinations with a healthcare professional. And I know we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, and I'm curious, you mentioned that, you know, that we don't exactly know what causes breast cancer, but I mean, I would assume it's very common that if you have breast cancer in your family, you are more likely to get it. Is that correct? And is that something you guys, you know, use a little more often to maybe screen someone earlier? Absolutely. So, um, Breast cancer risk, you know, that one in eight number, that's based on large groups of, of women. But an individual woman's risk may be a lot different than that. It may be different because of her family, as you mentioned. So multiple family members, uh, that, that can increase a woman's breast cancer risk. Genetic breast cancer or familial breast cancer in which a gene passed down from a parent to a woman does dramatically increase the risk that breast cancer would develop in that woman over her life. Uh, you know, some of the genes really get up to very high likelihood of breast cancer. For example, the BRCA genes stands for breast cancer. Some of those genes can confer up to an 80% chance of uh, development of breast cancer over a woman's uh, lifetime. So um, there are a lot of things that go into individualization of a woman's risk, and we do use that in terms of surveillance. 
how frequently women get mammogram, how frequently they get other testing, and, and, and how often they should be seeing their physician. What are some of the technological advances um, in, the, in the past five to 10 years maybe people don't know about that are helping prevent or treat breast cancer? I think this has really been a, a very nice time, if you can say that, to be in the field of breast cancer because we've implemented a lot of new things and a lot of new strategies that are helping women. Uh, so some of the additional screening tools we, we've had, you know, some women have heard about 3D mammograms. It's a better way to look into the breast tissue. And there are additional ways that we can investigate, you know, trying to find breast cancers when they're small and early. Uh, MRIs is, are another way that we're technologically better able to. And, the, and it's not as if MRI is the same. It's been around for 20 years in terms of breast cancer, but the technology behind the MRI, the uh, software, the artificial intelligence that's going into the interpretation of the MRI result, because you know, you're looking at blurry images with a human eye, the computer uh, software that's helping us investigate those things. And then in treatment, we've seen really some dramatic advances in it, things such as immuno-oncology, using uh, a woman's own immune system to help it tackle uh, and help us treat the cancer. It's been a tremendous advance that we've seen, and we're, we're developing all of these new targeted therapies. So you can kind of think about the chemotherapy of 20 or 30 years ago as really a shotgun approach, you know, hoping that it would uh, kill cancer, but balancing that with killing normal cells, which are the side effects. Now we're getting to targeted therapy. And then using that, understanding that we can have that magic bullet to treat a woman's cancer and getting to personalized therapy. So what treats one woman's breast cancer may be completely different than what treats her neighbor or her family friend, because every woman's breast cancer is different. So all of those is, are, I think, things contributing to the improved survival rate we're seeing. Obviously, you know, we know that you do fantastic work at UC Davis Health and UC Davis Health Hospitals. Um, we just had, did some childhood cancer stuff for in September for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month um, and got to talk to Dr. Malaganowski, who is fantastic with that as well. So I know how great UC Davis Health is, but what does separate uh, treatment um, fr from UC Davis Health from maybe other hospitals? So I think there are a couple of things. Uh, one is the team approach. Cancer really is a team sport. Uh, so we have a variety we of love, practitioners. We love that. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having played uh, soccer for a good part of my life, I know that you know the strengths I have in one position really allow me to work well with the strengths in other positions. Uh, and, and that's what we have. So we have medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, surgical oncologists, and we have a whole team of support personnel behind that you know, social workers, dietitians, physical therapists that really envelop the care of the patient. And the second, you know, we are uh, an NCI comprehensive cancer center. So we really are at the forefront of treatment. So we're doing clinical trials and, and, and that really helps move the needle. But the thing is, is that as we participate in those clinical trials, our physicians become comfortable with that true cutting edge and are able to implement it a lot sooner than other people who look at these new treatments as somewhat scary or wary of implementation, but we've already gained the experience during our clinical trials. And so faster implement those novel therapies and novel treatments into our armamentarium to treat our breast cancer patients. Well, I, I love it. I mean, you've blew my mind a couple different times uh, throughout this interview. So I, I just appreciate it. You answered um, every question. You even answered uh, some questions without me having to ask them, which is always great. 
Uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time, Dr. Bold. I imagine we're going to have you out at the Breast Health Awareness Night. Are we not? We got it, right? Are you going to wear that pink tie? Uh, uh, depending on what the weather is, you know, right. it, it can be sometimes hot, you know, out there in those evening games, but I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I'm telling you, it's cooling down. It's cooling down. We got a Saturday game coming up. It's supposed to be 88 at the high by kickoff. It's going to be like 75. It's going to be beautiful. So got to have you out there. Thank you so much for sitting down doing this today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Our thanks to Dr. Rich Bull for jumping on the podcast. Don't miss Saturday's match, the Republic taking on San Diego Loyal. 7.30 kickoff on KQCA, My58, ESPN Plus, and Estrella TV as the Republic march on for the playoffs as they continue trying to find a way into that top four spots. A big one for Sacramento. You can watch what's going on around the league as well at uslchampionship.com to see other scores as well. And as always, Go Republic!